Welcome to another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast, featuring the almighty B-Live, the money man, Scotty D, and your host, the head of creative, Eddie Cool. And without any further ado, let's give it up for the Sports Bros. Hey, what's going on, world? This be your boy, Eddie Cool, a.k.a. the HOC at your favorite podcast, sports podcast, that is, none other than the Sports Bros Podcast. And guess what? This is the last episode of the double-digit 90s, episode number 99, the Wayne Gretzky of the episode. That's right, 99. Of course, you know. Through these previous 98 episodes, I could not do this by myself. I mean, I could listen to myself talk, but I'll get tired of it. So with that being said, I'm about to introduce you to two of the best co-hosts in the world. Introducing the almighty B-Live. What's happening? What's going on in the world today? This be your boy, the almighty B-Live. The better part of the two co-hosts that um, he was talking about. Um, you know what? I... I I'm not even going to pick on Scotty D right now. He is going through a lot, and he will explain to you shortly in this podcast. Go ahead and um, introduce the other guy. All right, and the other guy, the pride of Washington, Pennsylvania, the money man, Scotty D. The great episode. That's this one, the great one, 99. And what's next? One hundo, baby. Next week, one hundo. That's hard to believe. But guys, there is a dark cloud hanging over this episode. And you know why. The breaking news we got just before we started recording. If you're if you're listening to us on Tuesday or catching us uh, later in the week, uh, go back to what happened Monday evening. I don't know if um see so you see this big smile. It's because the, the dark cloud isn't over me at all. Uh, but, but, you know, um, we'll, we'll get into it. Eddie Cool, go ahead. Go ahead. Do, do your thing. You know what I'm saying? Lead us off, sir. All right. And speaking of that ominous dark cloud that the money man Scotty D is talking about, breaking news before we went on air, uh, the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott, guess what? They agreed to a contract. Yes. Not no franchise tag like everybody else thought he was going to get. Um, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys agreed to a deal up to four years worth $160 million, $126 million guaranteed up front. Give me mine. Give me my piece, my parts, and everything. Not now, but right now. So um, for the time being, Dallas seems to have found their quarterback or have they. Scott Adese, this is your team. Um, what's your thoughts on this? They are giving Super Bowl winning money to a quarterback who has a single playoff win, who's really coasting still on the laurels of his rookie season, which he was 13 and three. Uh, to, uh, he, last we saw him, his bone was hanging out of his ankle. So we don't even know if he, how, how he's going to respond to that. They say he's good, but I mean, no drills, no contact, anything like that yet. Uh, this is a guy who. When he was carted off the field, his team was one and three. A year ago, or the, year, the previous season, 2019, 
The team folded like a cheap suit down the stretch, did not make the playoffs. Four games that season, he didn't throw a touchdown pass. Uh, in, in his last 23 games against, he, he's had like five wins against winning teams and like a, a, a whole bunch of losses against winning teams. Jara, what are you doing? Jara, this is how you negotiate. <laughs> you 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 could have given this dude a lot less two years ago. You played hardball, and you're giving him the biggest guarantee ever, 126 million guaranteed, and a no trade clause just for fun. Jara, say it ain't so. This has to be a bad dream. <laughs> Has to be a bad dream. Be like, where you at on this old Dak Prescott situation here? I absolutely I th- breathe, Scotty D. Breathe. It's okay. And I'm going to tell no, it's you not. why. Just, no, it's not. You, yeah, you, you, will you let me tell you why it is okay? Because either way you put it, Dak Prescott makes you a much better team than any other quarterback any option that's out there right now yeah this this period point blank Dak Prescott is one of the top five quarterbacks in the league right now healthy and there's a reason why he got paid this money did that did that did that Slow your roll. I know you're ready to attack. Calm. Top five? Sickaboo sit good dog. Let Top me, five? Let me, let, me put, let me tell you why. Not, a, not only is he led almost every statistical category when he's in the game, wins above replacement, all those factors. In, but there, there are physicians and doctors that uh-huh. get paid a lot of Watson. good money to make Rogers. sure. Brady. The, the, you just, you know what? You, we, I, I get how passionate you are about it, but you're going to hear me out. The, the Brady is not top five. No, let's, let's stop, stop it right there. He's not top five. Yes, he won the Super Bowl. But when you're talking about the future of your franchise and overall talent, no, Brady isn't. I put that Prescott up there. I put him up there. Above Tom There's Brady? A- Yes, he's a, put, he's a he's a better quarterback than Tom Brady, Dak Prescott. Wow! Please please, has, please tell me you are joking on this day when you tell me that Dak Prescott's a better we're quarterback. To, than Tom we're, Brady. we're not not only are we talking about contract signings, we're not talking about just right now. We're talking about future. We're talking about upside, not what have you done twenty years in oh, et cetera. So yes. Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. Would you pay him four years, $160 million right now, Tom Brady? No, you yes. would. You're in, oh my God. Now, see, now you're just talking with emotions. I'm trying to be unbiased with this. You've got to be kidding me. Take your emotions out of it as a fan. Take your, take your emotions out of it and look at this realistically. I, I am. I, I'm looking at, I'm looking at, the, the the guy's best season was his rookie season when that offensive line was unstoppable and he was running play action passes off of Ezekiel Elliott. And since then, what has happened? Well, nothing. First, nothing. Yeah, and you think and that that falls solely on Dak Prescott. It does if not you, fall sack. It, no, it does not. It does not. 
But they, when they, you're they, paying they, when you're paying him that kind of money, you're paying him money that you pay Patrick Mahomes, who's already been an MVP a couple times and been to the Super Bowl a couple times. Sometimes you need your quarterback to carry you. And in 2019, when that team was struggling, he at no point did he say, guys, get on my shoulders. I'm going to carry us to the postseason. Instead, they lost in November and December when it was all on the line. Jason Garrett sucked, and I'm glad he's gone. But Dak, at some point, if you're going to be a guy that's going to cash in a $40 million paycheck, you have to do better than being able, than dragging the team across the finish line eight and eight or seven and nine, whatever they were a couple years ago. You have I'm, to you have to carry me to some win, baby. You got to carry I'm a, me. I'm I'm gonna help you out with this because here's here's I they I lost to the Jets that year. I see where your anger is at. I see where your anger is at. The Jets. No, no, your anger. Sh- is misplaced. You're angry at Dak Prescott and you think he does not have the ability to be a franchise quarterback. You're saying that you want to move from Dak Prescott, that he doesn't deserve a $40 million contract. He does is that not. true? He does okay. not deserve that much. Now, All right. he, is, he, is he good? He's he's above average. He's okay. He's good. He's not $40 million a year, break the bank, and have to restructure your team good. He's not okay. Patrick Mahomes good, Russell Wilson good, Josh Allen good, Aaron Rodgers good. He's none of those guys. Deshaun Watson, do I mean I, I can keep naming dudes? Eventually I'll get to him. But when I start naming salaries, I'm gonna name him first. Because he's getting 126 million guaranteed. Your anger is misplaced, and I'm gonna tell you why. Give you some water, Patrick, Scott. Gotta get you some water, man. You're on right. Fire. You're on fire, Patrick. baby. Patrick Mahomes deserves his money. And this is actually, this is going to, this is going to, you're going to know this is true because I said it. Look at my background. Look at my shirt. Deshaun Watson is not a 40 million a year quarterback. He is good, mind you. But there's so much wrong with that Houston Texans franchise that, yes, he led the league in passing, but the team went four and 12. Have the Texans ever won a um, playoff game? No, they haven't. But guess what has okay, happened Okay, so they now? overpaid, too. They overpaid, but, too. So here you go. You're going to be I'm dumb trying, joining the dumb. I'm, I am misplaced. <laughs> I am trying to replace your anger. I'm trying to move your anger from somebody that deserves, I would say, 32 to 35 when it comes to Dak Prescott. But the Cowboys finally did something right, at least signing the guy, as opposed to franchise tagging him again after basically franchise tagging him again is basically saying, you know what, you're not worth a long term contract, even though you've taken the Cowboys better than what anybody else could have done. Dak Prescott is your franchise quarterback. Grow to accept it. You should. I have. You know what? I accept eight and eight. I accept I'll, eight, and, eight. They'll, and, they'll, and they'll probably make the playoffs because the rest of the division has terrible quarterbacks. Stability, but, yeah, right, right, exactly. But you just you just dealt with Tony Romo. You tell me right now that Dak Prescott is not better than Tony Romo. If you say so, I, I, I'll. You know what? If you say so, I'm gonna leave it alone. I'm gonna leave it alone anyway. But I, your anger is misplaced. No, Dak Prescott is not better than Tony Romo. Tony Romo is definitely a more skilled quarterback. But again, they overpaid for Romo too because he wasn't winning playoff games. They just keep overpaying guys. 
according to according to the great and um, the the money man Scotty D, nobody deserves their paycheck at the Dallas Cowboys because guess what? They haven't won anything in the past 25 years. Right, because that knucklehead general manager overpays for everybody, and he did it again tonight. <laughs> isn't, isn't there basketball or something on? My blood pressure is not going to survive much more of this podcast. Well, you know what? I'm going to take this here train and put it back on the tracks. I love it. Baby, this is episode number 99. The Bears being poked. Jug, 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 jab, jab, jab. Yeah, moving right along. We had UFC 259 this weekend, and we had a plethora of title fights. Yes, we did. Uh, we had Jan Blachowicz. I hope I didn't mess up the name of uh, so. Blachowicz. Okay, Jan Blachowicz. Uh, he defeated Israel Adesanya in the fifth round by unanimous decision, and Blachowicz retains his title. Amanda Nunes, once again, she steams well over the competition as she uh, defeats Megan Anderson. In the first round, two minutes, three seconds to a submission. Uh, Nunes retains the title. Al Jermaine Sterling defeats Piotr Yan um, in the fourth round, uh, four minutes and 29 seconds via disqualification. And Sterling is the new bantamweight champion. But it didn't come without controversy. It was a way that he didn't want to win it, but we'll get to that. But first, my question to you, the bros, is what's next for Amanda Nunes and the style bender? Be live. I'm going to start with you. Well, when it comes to Amanda Nunez, there, I'm just going to be honest. There's nothing else for her. She's clear cut leaps and bounds better than any other female in just in combat sports, period. And I this is gonna sound crazy, and I already know I'm this. It is what it is. I'm. I would almost pay money to see Nunez fight a guy in the same weight class. <laughs> I'm just. There's nothing else for her with the women. I'm sorry. She. She. At this point, of handicap time, match. Handicap match. Yeah. <laughs> two. Two on one. Well, yeah. yeah but it's something because she's unstoppable. And not only does she, first of all, Amanda Nunez already trains with guys in, in that, in that fight, in the fight camp that she has. So it's not, not far fetched, but when it comes to the women's division, when it comes to mixed martial arts and UFC, she's accomplished it all. She will go down as the greatest female mixed martial arts um, fighter of all time and it's not even close so literally let's test the waters honestly because that's exactly you can't, you can't I, I know that. i know but i'm saying i told you it's gonna be crazy but but that's exactly also what happened with the last style bender i assign you literally outclassed everybody in his division his weight class and it wasn't even close so what nah. does he do? Yeah, you, you don't let me finish a statement one day. I swear it. I'm, you will have your turn. All I did was groan. I didn't. Then I didn't you, jump you, in. you groan in silence. Episode ninety nine, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Episode ninety nine. The great one. The great one. So, Adesanya bulked up to move up a weight class, and it was clear as day 
that the weight did not suit him whatsoever. Blahovitz had a game plan that he he played out to perfection. He studied Adesanya for two, two and um three rounds. He studied him and he boxed with him. You could clearly see that Adesanya's movement was slower than what it normally is. Adesanya did have some stick and move, but it clear it was clear as day that, that um his his movement was a little bit slower. And then the fourth to fifth round of that match, Blahovich basically just outweighed him, put that weight on him, took him drunk, took him down because everybody expected him to t- um, do the takedowns in the earlier rounds, but it, it was it almost messed with the head of Adesanya. And then the fourth and fifth rounds, he dominated in such such a manner. I want to say that the judges lost their mind and scored one one of the two. Scored the fourth and fifth round 10 8, mm. which is uh, me and Scotty D talked about this before we um, we recorded. That me and him both think that it was ridiculous to score any one of those rounds 10 8, but it was clear as day that they did. It was a, the fight was closer than what it was, but it's, it was clear as day that Adesanya does not belong in the light heavyweight division. He's a middleweight, and he is one of the, one of the greatest of all time in the middleweight division. There's okay, no that I'll set- agree with. Yeah, there's I, no, I agree. and there's absolutely no setback when it comes to Adesanya because he lost his first match because it, it was just there's certain things that are going to be outside of your realm, and that's just all it was. That does not take away from the fact that he is so dominant but it also should play into the fact of how good um john um, blahovich is the guy who fought a great fight Mm -hmm. and there's a reason why he's the light heavyweight champion and that's yeah because john jones moved on but well john jones is an idiot i'm gonna say that clear as a just but yeah that's the whole (laughs) but he is I mean, he's a deserving champion, and oh, hopefully, yeah, he, he's he's he's. I mean, he's no joke. He's not in there because he got lucky. They just give him the title. I mean, this this dude knocks people out. He, he's he's the real deal. Adesanya was the betting favorite because of name. You know, yeah. he, he really was because this this really probably wasn't so much of an upset. Because Adesanya actually be like he didn't he didn't put on weight he he weighed one ninety four at the weigh ins you know they had to weigh two hundred five Bohovich probably hydrated back up to two fifteen two twenty so he probably outweighed him by by twenty pounds Adesanya went into this fight I think knowing that this was this that he might not win this and you could even tell if you noticed the way he walked to out to the cage at night. He walked in very somber. We've seen him before do dance routines. I mean, he had like a whole choreo, you know, choreographed dance routine uh, a couple years ago before a fight. When they introduced him, he stood there with his arms locked. He didn't show any expression when it, whenever Buffer says his name. And that's hard not to because Buffer saying your name pumps you up. He stood there very somber. Look, gave a little look to the camera, kept his arms folded. He had a ton of respect for this guy. And that's why you know, he, he fought a little bit different. I don't think he was, I don't think his movement was hindered. I just think that that was the way the style of the fight was going was 
to be careful because the ring was the ring. The cage was smaller than, you know, so he didn't have as much, you know, room to move around. And it, it was a very technical fight. It wasn't a great fight. It was a very technical fight. It was a good fight. But, you know, neither guy was ever hurt. Neither guy was ever in trouble. Um, I, I the, the weight was a factor in the fourth and fifth round, though. When, and because you could see, actually, uh, Jan Blachowicz was starting to gas a little bit. And brilliantly, he chose those times to take him to the ground. And Adesanya, even he said his he didn't have it in his legs. He said, I had it in my lungs, but not my legs. And he, he, he just didn't have it in him to get, get out from under the guy. Um, the, the way Adesanya handled the loss, though, to me, made me even be a bigger fan of his than I was in the first place because he didn't make any excuses. He didn't act like he, he didn't cry and whine or anything. He flat said, you know, I went for it. I came up short. This guy is a good fighter. I was honored to be in there with the guy. And now I'm going back to 185. And what's next for him is probably going to be Robert Whitaker. Um, I know Darren Till and Marvin Vittori have a fight coming up. Maybe Till gets the next fight with him. Uh, but mm, Robert Whitaker has won again, and I, I think he's in line. He actually said he wanted to take time off instead of the rematch, which I'm not sure how long that means. But uh, there's no question Israel Adesanya is this. I, I don't think this is like a setback in his career. He's going to he's just going to keep pounding out wins. But he just fought a really, really good guy who's bigger than him. Can he be a, a light heavyweight at some point? I think he can, but I think he didn't commit to it this time. He didn't commit to putting on muscle because he wants to stay down at middleweight. If he wants to move up, I think he'll change his body type. But at this point, I mean, being small like that, it's, it's better for his speed and, and accuracy. Uh, he, he could end up moving up eventually, but right now I think middleweight's where it's at for him. He's, he's not ready to be up there just yet. But, uh, I mean, he didn't look like he didn't belong. He just, you know, I think he lost three rounds of two and the fifth round he was winning halfway through until he got taken down and controlled. And that's, that's just the way it went. Yep. Um, you know, you hang, hang around in there and figure out where you stand and you know, Hey, this won't be the last time we'll probably see him in that division. Um, also that night, as I mentioned earlier, all Jermaine Sterling, he became the new bantamweight champion, but he won via disqualification. With that being said, fellas, another question I got for you after the controversial loss, Will there be a Sterling Jan two? Scattered oh yeah, first. Yeah, immediately. Dana White already said that he he's ready to sign that fight, and both those guys won it again. Sterling didn't even want the title. I don't know if you saw it, but after he put uh, yeah. the belt around yeah, him, and he he dropped it. He he he. To his credit, he didn't act like, yeah, I'm glad I won this thing. He was like, this is not how I dreamt of becoming a champion. It was unfortunate it, for those of you listening. If you're not sure what happened, but uh, in the fourth round of a very good fight, uh, um, he was on the ground and took a knee to the head. And you're not allowed to knee a person in the head when they are grounded. You're allowed to punch them, kick them, but you're not allowed to throw a knee to the head. And he did that. And it, it seemed pretty clear that um, Aljamain Sterling was concussed. He was gassing out, though. I mean, he came out in the first round, a couple rounds with a ton of volume. Uh, it, after three rounds, two judges had him down around one, had him up around the fight was actually going Piotr Jan's way. I, I think that's one of those things that you did and immediately regret it afterwards. Like sometimes you'll say something, like, Oh, I, I shouldn't have said, or oh, I shouldn't have done that. I think that's kind of what happened with Jan. I don't think he was trying to be dirty. I don't think he was overly frustrated. I mean, it didn't, it didn't make sense for him to deliberately do that and, and risk, risk his title. But, um, 
Yeah, it was unfortunate because to me that was that was looking like that was going to shake shake out to be the best fight of the night. Well, um, I have a difference of opinion. I think that the um, illegal knee, of course, I mean, but it, it was undisciplined. And I think it was out of frustration. If you were watching that fight, there was a lot of times that Sterling was on his back and he was he was kicking, kicking at his shins, kicking at um, um, Jan's shins multiple times, trying to, like, almost to the point where you could, like, um, hyperextend if you kick somebody in the leg that way. And a couple of those kicks did land, and they, I'm pretty sure that it hurt. And then it got to the point <laughs> yeah. where, like, he kept, he kept trying to walk away, kept trying to walk away, let him get back up, get back up, kept in on his back. And in the fourth round, he's on, he's on his knee, and Jan's holding him. Like, he's literally waiting on this guy to make a move to get back up. Like, he's almost allowing him to get back up. And he still stayed grounded, and to the, I honestly think it was frustration. And then once he, but once he did it, of course he regretted. You can see, like, oh, oh. But then what made it more undisciplined was after it was all said and done, and they were making the announcement of the official decision. Peter Yan raised his hand up like he won. Yeah, I, like, I don't know why he did that. Well, uh, nah, bro, like, you lost. Los, you lost. What? <clears throat> And another part that I'm very, very disappointed in, why in the entire world did it take that long to call that fight? I'm just, I'm... Yeah, that I, I, I understand. I think, I, yeah, it, it was it was long. I, I think they were... I think if it wasn't a championship fight, they, they probably would have... You called know, pulled it the plug a little bit earlier. Yeah, I think so. I think they the fact that... I mean... Because the referee was having to make a decision on on a no contest and giving the guy laying on his back the belt, and he had to have known that dude didn't want to win it that way either. I mean, that, it's that's the worst situation you could have in a championship. So, I think that was. I think they were trying to exhaust every last option before actually calling the fight off. But it did drag out a little bit too long. I think you're right about that. Yeah, like you, the you, like if he wasn't like if he was a little let less concussed that he could stand back on his feet, he was still concussed, and you were about to put him in a position where he was definitely going to hurt himself more by giving him that much time. He was clearly out. There was no doubt, and just it just it just felt like the the um the the referee, I don't I'm not sure how long he's been doing it, but it just seemed like he was he was like an amateur. Like I, I feel think- like I, I feel the same way after hearing about the Prescott contract. I feel like I'm concussed. Like I took a knee to the head that shouldn't have happened. We, we are past that point, sir. Let oh. it go. Look, you know what? You know what, Scotty D? I, I got a suggestion for you because you so this is this would be a great opportunity for you, sir, to come back out with Scott Stumps. This would be a perfect time. Because you are taking up way too much time on this podcast because of your personal and fan beliefs. And I'm sick of it. We have moved on, sir. Eddie Cool Amtrak this thing. I guess I'm going to go ahead and Amtrak this thing all together right here. Yeah, Scotty D, you got to deal with Dak Prescott. That's it for that. And that's also it for UFC 259. Um, yes, All-Star Weekend was this weekend. Uh, a little quick recap. 
Um, Giannis was the all-star game MVP. He didn't miss a single shot. Um, Anthony Simons, he won the dunk contest. Steph Curry, of course, he won the three-point contest. And Domantas Sabonis wins the skills challenge. Um, it was an all-star game. We really didn't watch it. Sorry. Yeah. But with that yeah. being said, we're going to move right <laughs> along into college basketball because guess what? Woo! It is March, and it's almost time for the madness that is March. All right, so over the weekend, Duke loses again. Again. To, yes, to UNC, 91-73 to 73 on Saturday. And guess what? Duke's not in the bubble. And Michigan State, they beat number two, that's right, number two, the University of Michigan Wolverines. Fellas, the question I ask, which team has the best chance to secure a bid to the big dance? b you will tell me earlier about the four in, four out, so I'm going to let you start first. I um, there's the beautiful thing about college basketball is that there's over 300 division one teams. And when it comes to a year like this, there's so many teams to track and try to figure out who's the seventh, eighth, ninth best team in the big 10, who's the sixth, seventh best team in the ACC. I'm going to answer this in a completely different manner. Duke's not making it in. Kentucky's not making it in. Michigan state, I think they put their ticket in. I still think they need about one more win and um, at least one win in the Big Ten tournament. Um, a lot of the other ones are still up in the air, but just the the big takeaway is that Duke and Kentucky, they're going to be sitting at home. Kentucky's not even going to make it to the NIT. And just another side note, the NIT is um, now only 16 teams this year instead of 32. Oh, I didn't so, know that. Yeah. So, Duke might not make the NIT either. It'd be, it would behoove them probably to invite Duke just because of the namesake, but Kentucky definitely ain't making it, and Duke probably won't make the NIT. And that's about all I have. Michigan State's very interesting because they're 15 and 11, and they're only 9 and 11 in their own conference, but that happens to be the toughest conference in basketball this year. And they're the only team in the country that has three wins over a top five team. No other team has more than one. So yeah, they might be able to, it's interesting. Actually, they're playing Thursday against Maryland uh, in the, in the big 10 tournament. If they win that game, they'll play Michigan again on Friday. So if they win those two games, I think that, that gives them the 17 wins. they will be 17, 11. That might be enough to do it. I mean, definitely. I would say another whenever Michigan would do it. Uh, but I, I think you're right. I, Boy, that's it's so hard because of they're playing good lately, but I I don't know. It, it remains to be seen for Michigan State. I think they need two more wins at least because it would be one of those would be against Michigan. I say I I think they've done enough. I, one win against Maryland there, and um, but again, mm. it's madness. This is we. I promise you, next week. We're going to talk about this ad nauseum because the madness will be full on Selection we'll Sunday. Sele- Selection Sunday. Absolutely. I love so, it. So I can't wait. It is that time for the madness. Well, fellas, good news because you remember last year this time, that little ugly thing called coronavirus robbed us of March Madness. And March Madness last year was really shaping up to be good as well, too. Um, but guess what else is shaping up to be good as well, too, fellas? 
Ooh, what is that? What well, what is it? Ah, I'm glad you asked. It is our favorite part of the show, the choices of the voices section of the show. And with that being said, hey yo button. Hit it. And now our favorite part of the show, the choices of the voices. Once again, thank you to the wonderful and ever so lovely Miss Button for introducing our favorite portion of the show. Now you heard the woman is the choices of the voices segment of our show. Oh, I forgot to do something, fellas. Let's go ahead and wave to all of our listeners. Hey, y'all. Y'all see us? Because we sure see you watching us. Well, not really, but you you understand. Like Sammy Sosa, nah. Very, very good to me. You know what the hell I mean. Um, you know how we do it. We ask you a question. Uh, y'all give us some answers. And uh, from the looks of it, be live. we're going to pick at them. But before we di- uh, dive too far deeper to it, Scotty D, what's the question for this week's Choices of the Voices? All right, so this week in the spirit of college basketball, I asked you, the listener, to name us your Mount Rushmore of college basketball players. And it's my fault because it's basketball. I should have said, give me your starting five. But, guys, we're having some problems. Who's on Mount Rushmore? Do we know? Let's list up. George Washington. One. Thomas Jefferson. Two. Abraham Lincoln. Three. Theodore Roosevelt. Four. Donald Trump, five. I guess that's why we got to. That's how we got to this. Anyway, a lot of you. Some of you gave us like one. Some gave us two. Some gave us fives. Mount Rushmore's four. We didn't have this problem before. We did a Mount Rushmore question before, didn't we? Yes, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. So anyway, my bad. I should have asked you for your starting five. But anyway, we got more than four. But we got some good answers out there, Eddie. I like. I like the, seeing the variety of answers we got. Tell, tell us what we got there, Eddie. Cool. Yeah, the whole game came through this time. All right, we got Joel Turner. He said, what in the heck? I guess. Um, David Thompson of North Carolina State. Michael Jordan of the University of North Carolina. Christian Leitner from Duke. And Patrick Ewing of Georgetown. All national champs. All the best players on the best teams for three years each. All national players of the year as well, too. That's pretty damn solid. Yeah. Good, good picks there, Joel. Thank you. Yeah, pretty damn solid. All right, moving right along. We got Sean Connors. He said, I don't know if he was the best, but I think Shaq might have been the most dominant college player I can remember watching. Um, I watched Iverson play at the Garden once, and seeing him alive was pretty, excuse me, seeing him live was pretty incredible. I think he dropped 50 on St. John's when Felipe Lopez was going, was supposedly going to be the next great thing. Okay, so he, so Sean Connors gave us two. He gave us Iverson and Shaq. <laughs> yeah, uh, two good ones. You, you know, when Shaq, it, when you think of Shaq, you don't think of a great college career. I think he was only there two years and didn't have great teams around him. So, um, but I mean, obviously dominant because everybody wanted him. Everybody knew we need Shaq to to take us to the next level. And Felipe Lopez, man, I remember that dude was supposed to be like the best college player in the country. And he just kind of never really never lived up to expectations. But Iverson sure did. Yeah, he um, yeah, Felipe Lopez fizzled out very, very fast. Let's see who's next on the list. Uncle Max, he said, Pistol Pete Maravich of LSU, Danny Manning of the University of Kansas. We got another one for Christian Leitner from Duke and Elvin Hayes of the University of Houston, a.k.a. U of H. Maravich, Manning, Leitner, and Hayes. Go ahead, be last. Um, Pistol Pete, I'm absolutely, of course, I didn't 
see him. I mean, the only uncle, I mean, about, you know what? My bad. Um, <laughs> He's about to do it. He's about to do it. But Pistol I'll Pete. I'll pass it off to you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I seen what you you set me up right there. You set me up. You just you knew what I was going to do, but no. Pistol Pete Maravich, my goodness, didn't he like average like forty points a game? It was and this insane. was with, with this was without a three point line. If let's put that in perspective, he averaged forty points a game with no three pointers. That's ridiculous numbers. So that much respect to um this list from Uncle Max and. Like said, on film, he looks sick too. Pistol P, you ever watch his films? I mean, he looks like a uh, like a mix jam tape kind of basketball oh, yeah. player ahead of his time. I mean, he was he was nasty. Oh yeah, Pistol Pistol Pete. I would compare him to Jason Williams of like um, um, years back, yeah, it, but it, way it was, better. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, he he was definitely a highlight reel. When he was handling the basketball, yeah, just certainly he just who is this on the court and what was he? What Pistol Pete? Yes, he's that dude. Oh, yeah, these are great answers from Uncle Max. Definitely, definitely much respect, Uncle Max, the Sports Bros Podcast Hall of Famer of Choices of the Voices. Uncle Max, we, we thank say, you exactly. If we're gonna say his name, we're gonna say that damn thing right. Moving right along, we got our big brother here to the podcast, JR Speaks, and he says, Tim Duncan of Wake Forest. Uh, Grant Hill of Duke, Allen Iverson of Georgetown, and Kimbo Walker of UConn. Mm, four good picks, man. I like all those. Absolutely. There's not too many times I agree with JR, but I just, and of course, in JR's true fashion, he doesn't pick any player from North Carolina because he's just as salty as can be. <laughs> and now I have the opportunity on the air. Because he is a diehard Duke fan in college basketball that UNC swept them this year. So, the broom is out. Oh, how the tables have turned. And Pitt beat him, too. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else want pieces and parts of Duke? Because they just giving it to everybody. (laughs) Might Might as well jump them while they're down, right? Might as well. Let me go call them uh them, them gamecocks of mine. They might try to put up a fight against them. I don't know. No, but, no, uh, no. The the gamecocks in men's basketball are like six and fifteen. Stop it. Yeah. Cut it out. Yeah. Let, let it go. It's, it's, maybe it's, the maybe the women could beat Duke this year. Probably. Yeah. And the South Carolina women's team again. Respect. I oh, duh. That didn't even taste right on my mouth. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I digress. Yeah, y'all see all the orange. Y'all, yeah, those that I'm looking at. Yeah, I, I said that. All right, we're gonna move on. All right. Uh, enough <laughs> of me acting like I'm five and me and Bill fight like we we're blood brothers. Uh, moving right along, we got Will Jarger. He said, "In my life, in my viewing lifetime, 1985, <laughs> I go Patrick Ewing, Tim Duncan, another one for Christian Leitner, and my man Tyler Hansborough." I was waiting for somebody to pick him, and it was a Tar Heel fan that did. But Hansbro had a a pretty stellar college career. I think didn't he actually when he left? Wasn't he the ACC's all time leading scorer? Was was he was he up there? I think he was close. If not, he was he was he was he was among the top. But uh, he was a grinder. I didn't. I, I never thought he was like overly skilled, but he was just like a hard nosed player that would get in and grind it, mix it up, grab rebounds, you know 
hustle in the paint. So I, I, I it's just surprising that a North Carolina person, that would be the pick out of all the great Tar Heel players that have come through through the years. That would, that would be the pick. But I mean, his career was nothing to laugh at. I mean, Tyler Hansborough had, had an outstanding college career. No, no question about it. Psycho T, they called him. Psycho T. Because he did his thing with his eyes. And he oh, took a bloody nose against Duke. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he got him some war <laughs> wounds. Yeah, he definitely got him some war wounds. Well, I'll try to say that five times fast. All right, we got Craig Burns. He said, I only follow college basketball for a brief time up here in Boston. Uh, Bill Walton from UCLA, another one for Patrick Ewing, University of Georgetown, Ralph Sampson and uh, from Virginia, and Larry Bird from Indiana State were the players who amazed me. Side note, I also follow Patrick Ewing's high school career in Cambridge, Massachusetts, near Boston. Yep, so Patrick Ewing, Bill Walton, Ralph Sampson, and Larry Bird for his Mount not a Ball. Not a bad name on that list either. All right, moving right along, we got Rodney Bellamy. He said, okay, here's my squad, kind of random. Um, heavy on the shooters, um, point guard Duke Bobby Hurley, um, NCAA all-time assist leader, shooting guard J.J. Redick, ACC all-time three-point uh, small forward Fletcher McGee, um, Wofford made most three-pointers all-time uh, power forward Christian Leitner, another one for that guy, um, who went to four Final Fours in four years, uh, never will be done again, um, UMass, that's right, Marcus Camby. Yeah, Marcus Camby for you, Maz, because it's my team, and that is who I want at center. So we have J.J. Redick, Bobby Hurley, Fletcher McGee, and Marcus Camby. Fletcher McGee, come on. Yeah, Fletcher McGee, good old. Come Fletcher. on, Roger hey, You could have had anybody ever. You could have had Shaq, and you took Fletcher McGee. I like the rest of your guys, though, Rodney. Um, we can see that he is also <laughs> a Duke fan with three players from Duke on his. But hey, it's, it's his choice. He went starting five instead of Mount Rushmore. <laughs> and um, Duke got swept by UNC. All right, cool. Yes, sir. Moving right along, we got Mark Old. He says Carmelo Anthony, Sam Bowie, Pearl Washington, Charles Barkley, and Shaq. Well, starting five, yes, yes. Ah, Pearl Washington was a pretty good player. But, you know, I don't really remember watching Shaq in college, though. I mean, I, I, you know, I know he came out. He was playing right around the same time. Bark, I mean, uh, Ewing and those guys were. I just don't really remember much about Barkley in in college. I mean, he was all, had. I mean, I know he had a good college career. I just don't personally remember watching watching him in college. I don't remember him being like a, as touted as some of the other guys. Shaq, I'm going to come get you. I'm going to throw this chicken wing at you. <laughs> but how about Sam Bowie, though? He was a great college player to the tune of getting picked before Jordan. Yeah, we see oh, how yeah. that turned out. Yeah. Yeah, we see all that turned out. And, uh, yeah, Carmelo Anthony, who's still playing to this very, very day. All right, Mike Davis, he says, Larry Johnson, Shaq, Ray Allen, Chris Weber, and Glenn, the big dog, Robinson. Starting five. five. <laughs> oh, yeah. Big dog was nice. He was he was tough. Yep. Big dog was nice. So he, played, he played he played for Purdue, right? Yes. Okay. If he's a boilermaker, 
I remember him, I just remember him being very skinny at LSU, but I just I did not see that dominating force because he ended up be, he ended up bulking up a lot when he got into the um NBA and single-handedly changed the game of basketball and to the tune of that he didn't he doesn't even recognize it. He was um talking with um Candace Parker on um TNT the other day, and Candace Parker had to school him on the changes of basketball, the modern, the way the game, the modern game is played. Cause guess what? You scared big men from coming into the paint. So what did they start doing? They started shooting three pointers. Now all yeah. of them, are, it's, that was because of Shaq. That was it. They, well, and, and also when he was in college, he, he, you know, he was facing, they were facing a lot more zone and he got to the NBA and it's man to man, you know, the rules of changing the NBA as well. But when he first got to the NBA, it was man to man or, or you double him or get illegal defense. Remember the old illegal defense rule in the NBA. So I think, I think actually at that point, the pro game was better suited for Shaq. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Shaq was just big, just large, just, just changing the game on all. And very athletic, yeah. very athletic. Very athletic. Yeah. And yeah. like to the point where they had to reconfigure how they made, um, Goals, <laughs> yeah. How many did he break? <laughs> they had to just say, "They hold on, wait a minute, bro. You just, you just, just killing the backboards, just, just yeah. tearing stuff apart. You cost but us yeah. too. You cost us too much money. You cost us too much money. <laughs> we, hey, we gotta have these two goals for uh for forty two games <laughs> in in this home arena. You can't be tearing up stuff, man. You're breaking stuff and tearing up stuff. All right, move right along. We got Joe Gaffkin, Joy Buckets. He said, "My personal top five not rush more uh personal top five that I witnessed would be number one Patrick Ewing number two Juan Dixon oh I remember him number three Steph Curry number four Danny Manning and number five the Admiral himself David Robinson oh yeah Robinson how do we miss him he was a he was nuts at Navy man I'm mean, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with this list except for the fact there's five and we asked for but <laughs> I man, me, me me and Joey Buckets had already discussed this and I'm like hey you know I, I gotta I gotta come at you but um <laughs> don't just don't follow instructions but you know what when it comes to Joey Buckets he he's one of my he's one of my favorites absolutely it's actually been a pleasure to get to know him and everything even though it's just over social media and everything Dude is an avid follower. We definitely appreciate it. And these are great answers. We appreciate you, Joe. We appreciate you now more than ever. Rolling right along, fellas. We got a few more. Uh, David Romito, he says, Carmelo Anthony, Danny Manning, Chris Weber, Grandmama, and Kenny Toomer. Oh, my goodness. I didn't see this. Kenny Toomer played at our school. We went to California University of Pennsylvania. And, uh, and when I was in school, we were number one in the country and ended up losing in the final four. And he was our, our starting center. So I, I hadn't even noticed he put that. Shout out to Cal U Vulcans, Dave Romito. Love you, brother. Wow, we just got a pretty dope, cool history lesson. That's yeah. what's up. All right, Stephen Delamore, he said Carmelo Anthony, Kevin Durant, Kimball Walker, and Allen Iverson. Okay. Yep, that's oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that- no, absolutely nothing wrong with um that list as well. Yep, the only but- thing with KD is I, I don't think he did enough in college for a long enough time. He he only played one year, right? The uh, season at Texas. Yeah, yeah, it was real short. It was real brief. Very well, brief. Didn't didn't Melo only play one year? Yeah, but he won a national championship in that year and looked amazing. That's why I actually considered him on my list, but I kind of 
held the one year thing against him as well. But mm. yeah, what about right. what about uh Trey Duke? <laughs> oh, Trey Duke, um with, with with the foolishness, he said Tony Romo, and there's a picture, <laughs> and there and there's a picture of Tony Romo and three sad looking dudes. <laughs> Looking like he just found him on the corner, man. Y'all boys want to play some basketball? <laughs> oh, and Trey, I, I hope you're listening to this episode, brother, because you probably already liked what I said at the beginning. Bro, we, we're going to have to go to therapy, I think, over this uh, Dak Prescott thing. I love you, bro, but relax, man. Relax. Uh, I, I think I already said it for us. <laughs> now you telling him to relax after all that relax. mess you got? Tell- yeah, I'm telling him to relax. <laughs> wow. I'm yeah. going to make sure. Like, gotta relax. Got- <laughs> <laughs> can't take this stuff too serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All I got to say to that notion is that I am the greatest troll ever. <laughs> and yes, I am. Yes, you're, you're, you're very welcome. <laughs> ah, Eddie Cole, oh. Amtrak this thing. Oh, here we go. I got a I got a, a Maddie Ice answer too. I believe he must still be in Facebook jail. Um, not to recap what we what we learned last week, but um, he went with Chris Mullins from St. John's. Okay, Isaiah Thomas, another stud who national championship winner, mm-hmm. the X Man Xavier McDaniel, and being the true New England guy that he is, he also went Marcus Camby. That, someone else mentioned Marcus Camby too, and Marcus Camby actually was nasty at UMass. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, I do not dispute any of those answers whatsoever. Thank you, Matty Ice, and um, I'm gonna put some money on your books. Um, free Matty free Ice. Matty Ice. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Free Matty Ice, baby. We need you back. We need you back now. Ooh, more than ever. All right. With that being said, let's go ahead and give a big shout out to Stephen, David, Joe Gafkin, Mike, Mark Olds, Rodney, Craig. William, Jr., Uncle Max, Sean, and Joel for their participation in this week's edition of the Choices of the Voices. Scotty D, who's on your Mount Rushmore? I wish I would have gone with the starting five because Carmelo didn't make the cut, Kemba Walker didn't make the cut, Chris Webber didn't make the cut, and it pains me because the guy that I cannot stand the most in college basketball history was Christian Leitner, and I had to put him on this list because... He just, he was a force at Duke and they just won while he was there. So I got Christian Leitner. I also went with Larry Johnson, grandmama, because he was dominant at UNLV and he wasn't even the biggest dude on his team. Uh, I went with Danny Manning because at Kansas, they, he was, he made a run like Carmelo did, like Carmelo and Kemba Walker, where they just carried a team to a national championship. And, um, my first favorite college basketball player ever was Ralph Sampson because he was, I mean, you just couldn't do anything with him at the collegiate level. I mean, he played for Virginia and he was just dominant. I actually think that the correct list probably is Bill Walton, Lou Alcindor, David Thompson and Leitner, but those, I didn't see those other three guys play and I'm just going strictly on guys that I saw play. So that's my list guys, Manning, Leitner, grandmama and Sampson be live. Who you got? Um, um, my first three, I'm going to let you know that I, I, I broke the rule when it comes to the fourth player, but I'm going to name the first three. Um, a couple of them were already mentioned. Kimba Walker, man, just big shot after big shot. And I feel like he just, he literally like took that team on his back to win that, win that natty. JJ Redick. 
I put J.J. Reddick over Christian Leitner because that dude just lit it up. And I, I despise Duke. And I especially despise J.J. Reddick because of how good he was. He lit, he lit up. Like, that dude is a pure, deadly shooter. And man, oh, man. And there's a reason why he is number two all time in ACC scoring. Number two all-time, J.J. Reddick. My surprise pick that nobody even mentioned, and this is this is a little bit of fanboy in me, and everybody sees that I'm a diehard Clemson fan. But growing up, I watched North Carolina basketball, and there's one guy that excited me more than anybody that I watched. Rick um, Fox. Yeah. Ty Lawson. Uh. That, guy, that guy at the point guard position at North Carolina – Man, oh man, lightning quick. You could lightning. not that you could not stop how fast that team ran up and down the court, and it was led by Ty Lawson. And it was just it was literally lightning in a bottle. This guy was ridiculously fast. Unfortunately, it did not equate to the pros, but man, in college, Ty Lawson almost could not be stopped. The fourth guy I picked, I did not watch him play. I'm in college, but I had the liberty and the luxury of having the opportunity to play on the same court that he did in college, and that is the Admiral David Robinson at Alumni Hall at the United States Naval Academy. I didn't play. I didn't play D1, but I played. I played intramurals, and the championship game for intramurals was played. Um, on um, at Alumni Hall, and we ended up winning the championship. I was I was actually picked as the MVP for the game. This is back in two thousand, and it was just it was like literally surreal being able to play on the same court as the Admiral and just what what he means to the United States Naval Academy. I had to put him on my Mount Rushmore just because of the connection that put your, I put yourself on too. No, no, no it was intermittent. Because when it comes to three point shooting, you were deadly with it. I wouldn't. Hey, I'm the, okay, yeah, I learned see, that. See. I learned that watching your video last week. You were deadly with it. I, I was pretty good. Like, yeah, um, right. the, life took a different turn. Like I actually made, oh, like I made the B team in seventh grade where most most players only make it in the eighth grade year. So I was well ahead of the curve. And then I got a, then I got a C in English and my mom pulled me from the basketball team. And then, you know, that's, that's where my basketball, like I career sort of um, went a different direction, but I was actually really good. And somebody mentioned Bobby Hurley, by the way, mm-hmm. somebody mentioned Bobby Hurley. Actually part of my, my shooting prowess is because I actually went to a, um, on basketball camp featuring Bobby Hurley. And he was the first person to teach me how to shoot, like to be very proficient with it. Like he taught us that only use one hand to shoot the ball and you would start literally like it would almost be a layup, but you'd shoot with one hand, one hand, no guide. Cause you really, this is just, this is just a guy. You just, just not, should not be in your um, focal point when you're shooting. But I, I could go on and on for that. But Bobby Hurley was actually the person that taught me how to shoot. So that's definitely an honorable mentor for me. Yes, I learned how to shoot 
from a dookie. Yeah, I said it. All right. <laughs> Eddie Cool Amtrak this thing, but hey, it is what it is. Deadly with it. Yep. Dookie, dookie, stanky, stanky. All right. So um, my Mount Rushmore, I really didn't figure it out until yesterday. You know, it's been a life happens. There's been a lot going on, but just understand everybody. I'm a-okay. I'm fine. Um, as B-Live mentioned, we lived in ACC country and we watched a heavy dose of ACC basketball. As a matter of fact, early to actually all of the 90s, all of the 90s, the ACC had some of the best college basketball anywhere you want to see. I've I've seen the likes of the, the, the teams they had in North Carolina, but one guy I really liked was Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan from Wake Forest. So he's on my Mount Rushmore. Um, also, I'm gonna go. Yep, I'm gonna have to go with a Dookie, um, Grant Hill, pre pre pro pre injury Grant Hill. He was a pretty big damn deal, and he was a part of a lot of Duke um, success teams as well too. Of course, I'm gonna have to go with AI, the one, the only Allen Iverson, because Allen Iverson was a bad man. Oh, he was a bad dude. He was shaking them and baking them back then and number four i'm going to have to say kimball walker because kimball something about that performance that kimball walker had that year in the big east tournament and he oh. kept he yes he kept that momentum and it went all the way to a national championship how could you not yeah yeah right. yeah how could you not i mean his body of work was good up until that point, but it was that one defining moment in his career where exactly where it went from here to through the damn roof. So yeah, yeah, that yeah. So Kimball Walker, he's on the Mount Rushmore too. And I ain't got five because I know how to count. I paid attention in school. <laughs> All right. Well, so we thank- appreciate y'all for giving us the bonus. You only gave us you didn't only give us four, you gave us bonus. So thank you guys. We appreciate that. Um, and a quick note, um, Scott, you were, you were, um, you spoke about it before, but Tyler Hansbrough is the all-time leading scorer in the ACC. Okay, Tyler Hans- I thought I thought he might have been. Yeah, he's um with two thousand eight hundred and seventy-two points. Second to him is JJ Redick with two thousand seven hundred sixty-nine, and then it drops down from there. Rodney Monroe with twenty-five fifty-one. But yeah, Tyler Hansbrough is the all-time leading scorer in the ACC. CC, which is a really, really big deal. It is, yeah. Yep, that doggone psycho T. All right, Scotty D, what's the question for next week's Choices of the Voices? All right, sticking with college basketball because it is championship week, and we'll be answering this next week. We'll be talking this over after the after the brackets have already been announced. So we're gonna stick with college basketball. What college basketball coach do you most enjoy? watching lose going into we're dipping into some hate next week some anger what college basketball coach do you most enjoy taking an l that's our topic for next week for for 100 for episode 100 episode 100 250 bills i was going to ask for your 100 best college basketball players since we couldn't figure out rushmore but we're going to go we're going to go with this one instead (laughs) <laughs> well, look, well, look, well, look, they were pushing with five, so I'm pretty sure they probably could give us 100. <laughs> yeah. All right, next week for this week, that and that's it. Pardon me. That's it for this week's edition of Choices of the Voices. Okay, boys, let's bring it home with a round of pepper. 
You heard the woman. We going home. It's another round of pepper. That's right. Another round of pepper. You know how we do it. Three topics. Rapid fire style. Kind of, sort of, not really. We're here to enlighten, educate, and entertain. That's what we do. It's the Sports Rose Podcast, episode number 99. Thank you one more time for listening to us 99 times. All right. And with that being said, I'll go first. Um, as it is Women's History Month, I want to highlight two particular uh, women college basketball coaches, uh, Joni Taylor and Don Staley. This past Sunday, they met for the SEC Women's Basketball Conference Championship. It's the first time ever in the history of that conference that two African-American coaches have met for a championship title. And uh, yeah, the University of South Carolina Gamecocks, later Gamecocks, they won again. <laughs> yep, so shout out to Joni Taylor from the University of Georgia and Coach Don Staley from the University of South Carolina Gamecocks. Over to you, Scotty D. All right, also this weekend was the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Tony Fina watch didn't play. So anyway, oh, Tony, well, we're still we're still waiting for Tony to get that win this year. And we're still waiting for Jordan Spieth. And he got close. But Sunday, everyone fell off except for Bryson DeChambeau and an unlikely challenger in Lee Westwood at age 47. Um, Lee Westwood proved down the stretch why he doesn't win major tournaments when he had an opportunity at 16th to, to tie DeChambeau on a par five and he blew it, but man, DeChambeau was hitting bombs this week, dudes. He was trying to, he was trying to drive a par five over water. I mean, it's, it was insane. Um, Bryson's got a couple W's and we're getting, we're closing in on the masters. So if DeChambeau's going to be hitting bombs, you got to make sure he hits those things into the fairway. Uh, again, excited for masters time, but for this week, Bryson DeChambeau is the winner. And Tony Fino, still waiting on you. Be live over to you. Scotty D, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. You did not give Bryson DeChambeau the love that he deserves. Because, uh, but let me let me just put it out there real quick, a little extra pepper. That par, that par five that Bryson DeChambeau drove over the water to get is listed at 555 <laughs> yards. So that's the, that's the distance of the par five. It's not meant to – you're not meant to get to the green in one shot. And he was he didn't. there. He didn't. He didn't. But, but he drove the ball 370 yards over water. <laughs> and what I think it was he was, ended up being only like 60 yards away from the hole. It, yeah. was, a, it was a chip. And a two putt for the easiest birdie anybody's ever had in their entire life, but yeah. just the fa- over water, you can now you want, but that's not my pepper point. <laughs> I, 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 I let him have that pepper point, and he didn't do what he was supposed to do. Uh, you know, and Eddie Cool, you didn't either with your own lady game cost because this makes six SEC championships in the last seven years for the lady game cost. You're supposed to mention these things. I got to help these guys out with their pepper points. You know, be like, they've been winning so much, I lost count. I'm sorry. Well, this sounds like my Clemson Tigers in football. All right, cool. Because yeah. speaking of six out of the last seven, that's what we've done to the Gamecocks. And that seven, we didn't play because of COVID. So there you go, stank, fake, stank face collection. <laughs> but, yo, my pepper point, let's get back to it. Blake Griffin, the, the 
an NBA sports world is on fire. They're losing their mind because they're sitting here thinking, how how could a six-time All-Star like Blake Griffin join the super team that is the Brooklyn Nets? And I'll tell you why. Blake Griffin is a shell of his former self. He's nowhere close to an all-star. And at this point in time, every, he wants a championship. And he ended up giving up $13.3 million in the buyout clause with the Detroit Pistons just to join this team and to sign a league minimum $1.2 million contract. So everybody that's hating on Blake Griffin and all the people that are saying that, oh, they're building this super team to contend against LeBron James. It ain't just LeBron James, by the way. Anthony Davis, he's going to come back. He's going to get back healthy. You've got the sixth man of the year, Montrezl Harrell, on that team. You've got just just, just calm, calm it all the way down. It ain't that serious. Brooklyn Nets going to win it all. And Eddie Cool. Uh-oh, here comes Scotty so, D with something. So, so Blake Griffin gave up some money because he wanted to win. Is that, that basically what I heard you say? That, that's exactly that's that's exactly what happened. You hear that, Trey Duke? Our quarterback didn't do that. Go ahead, Eddie. Cool. Back over to you. On this day in history in 1995, uh, Major League Baseball says, hey, Tampa, Florida, guess what? You finally get, get you guys a team. That's right. On this day in history in 1995, the Tampa Bay Devil Rays were born. Uh, they start off pretty rocky, but guess what? Uh, they've been pretty consistent. They've had two trips to the World Series. Um, the last trip to the World Series was last year. One, two, three um, AL East Division titles. And this year is season number 22 for the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, which means the lease for the WWE Thunderdome is about to run out soon because it's about time for some baseball. Over to you, Scotty D. Wow. They uh they went through the World Series twice since 1995, and they, they started, and the Pirates haven't. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, the pi- Pirates playing good in spring training ball. Real good ball. They're playing good spring training. Okay, good, yeah, good, good. Very good. good. Anyway, speaking of people that got recent contracts and are being dramatically overpaid, uh, Fox Sports gave Skip Bayless a new deal. Four years, $32 million for that pompous windbag. Uh, ESPN was trying to get Skip back because they wanted to put him on a, on an ESPN Plus podcast with Stephen A. Smith. And Stephen A. was the driving force behind it. He wanted to get back with Skip. How does that feel, Max? You pompous windbag. And also... Skip will be having a second show in the afternoon. He's still going to be with Shannon in the morning and then a second show that I will not be watching on FS1 in the afternoon. Skip Bayless, we're better than you. Be live over to you. <laughs> and he's oh a Cowboy goodness. fan. He's a Cowboy fan. <laughs> oh, and I, I definitely watch him also give up on the Cowboys as well. I will definitely be. Oh, man. I, I start work at 10 o'clock, so I'm, I it, I will be watching Undisputed at 9.30 on the dot to catch what he has to say because it's going to be good. You, ju- you, ju- you just validated his contract for him. 
It's going to be good. If that's the case, we <laughs> if that's the case, we fit to have a watch party before this here podcast drops. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes. All right, my second second pepper point is it's a shame before the Lord, and it just it it sickens me to a point. But I'm just going to get into it. Less miles. Um, there was an investigation when at his time at LSU some improper behavior and da 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 da. I'm not going to get into it, but the the sticking point is that why did it take this long? The the um, athletic director at the time said they had enough show cause to terminate his contract, but why didn't it actually happen? And now we wait until 2021. Oh yeah, this happened, that happened, and um, LSU covered it up. But now it's out in the open, and Kansas said, Mm-mm, "We're not doing this mess. Less miles ain't gonna happen." Eddie Cool, the ball. In the words of Stone Cold Steve Austin, "Eh, eh, uh, uh-uh, uh, no." <laughs> it's because you run from one situation. Don't think you're gonna be over here chilling. Oh no, 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 not this time. All right, third and final pepper point. Happy birthday, shout out to the one, the only, the legendary linebacker from the University of Oklahoma, who later played for the Seattle Seahawks, the Boz, the Boz. Brian Bosworth, as he was born today in 1965. Happy birthday, Boz. Over to you, Scotty D. All right. And speaking of significant days, uh, it was actually this week. Last year, guys, on that Wednesday night, which I believe was the 11th of March, we'll say that Rudy Gobert came out positive for the COVID-19, <clears throat> excuse me, for the for the coronavirus, tested positive for COVID-19 just days after mocking it on the microphone and, and doing all that stuff. And again, the guys, I remember we we discussed this before about how uh, that that's that was significant that he did that because it drew so much attention on himself. And ultimately it could have been a situation where lives were changed and saved because basically that was the beginning of shutting down, not just sports, but everything. I mean, at the rest of that week, closings of the PGA March, Matt, it was that, you know, championship week, college basketball, all that stuff immediately went to shut down. And not long after that, the country went just getting shut down completely. But, um, that was that was a one of the mo- one of the nights I'll never forget watching that that report come up that Gobert had tested positive and seeing that they were calling people out of the NBA arenas and sending them home and uh, you know guys we're we're we were robbed of March Madness last year because of that and we're we're about to get back but you know losing sports and then losing fans and sports made us really appreciate the way things were and hopefully we are trending back towards that you know we're getting into the the our numbers are reducing the vaccinations are going out so hopefully we get back to more normalcy soon but very significant week this week a year ago hard to believe it's been a whole year but we're getting there boys we're getting there be live over to you absolutely and Texas and Mississippi are leading the way, opening up 100 <laughs> percent. All right. Um, yes, we just want some sense of normalcy. Please be safe out there, though, by the way. But um, yes, my third and final pepper point is an homage because I've been poking the bear all episode long, and I want to do it one 
more time, even at my own, it, it, even though it causes me slight pain. With two seconds left and the Fan Control Football League, the Beast, the undefeated Beast, and the Zappers led by Johnny Manziel and their newly acquired uh, misfit Josh Gordon tied 26 to 26. And the Zappers throw up a Hail Mary. Josh Gordon comes down with it. And the Zappers in the Beast three-game winning streak. Josh Gordon, if you've seen this video, is seven inches taller than everybody else on the field. Like it's, <laughs> it's seven inches taller than anybody. This ain't right. Like, you, you, you just look, just just look at the video. They, I they, told you I could have got a team together to play in this league. <laughs> but it just uh, Josh Gordon, he had two touchdowns and a two point conversion to lead the Zappers against Marshawn Lynch and my beast. Huh? Huh? Be your beast. My. I'm the offensive coordinator, and you know You're why still they still playing around with that league. You know, you know, you know what I just realized? They lost that, that, the game. That, that there's 11 viewers nationwide. <laughs> I, they lost the game because I could not pick the place this week. Oh, so right now, loud. No, so nobody's, they, nobody's watching this. Nobody, nobody cares about this. You talk about it every week. Every week, like I said, I would. But there's only what, what three games. The season's about to be over. You have to start coming up with a, a legitimate third pepper point. Oh no! There, there were, oh, we're about to go into the playoffs, baby. Oh, it's a, it's a four week season, and now we're going into the playoffs where they play each other again. Oh, so now we're getting serious. <laughs> oh, it's serious now because it's. A, <laughs> it's the same four teams playing each other again. Now the seating has set in place. I don't know what to do with you. Seating. <laughs> seating. Four teams. Everybody's in the semifinals. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I know you can't take me seriously, and I don't oh. care. That's why I do what I do when it comes to these peppers. What that's I, why, that's why we're, we're losing listeners as we speak. Oh, oh no, we're not. That we ain't. <laughs> that we ain't. We ain't. Uh-uh. 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 Fellas, is that it for Pepper? That's it, buddy. That's, that's it, all I buddy. got. All right, fellas, for the 99th time, with that being said, we want to thank you once again, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children, monkeys, Pikachus, Bulldogs, anybody that's listening to the podcast, we want to thank you very much. I see you be live. <laughs> we want to thank you very much for listening to us for 99 weeks out of the year or years. We greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate you for sharing, for listening, for telling your friends, telling everybody about us here at the Sports Bros Podcast. We finna get up out of here. And with that being said, Scotty D, where can they find you? Here in Washington, PA, look at the this awesome, beautiful city behind me. Uh, and you can find me on Facebook. That's where I post choices of voices every week. You can find me on what's the uh, the, the one the the little bird the the, the that all the kids do these days. Uh, Twitter. 
Twitter. Yeah, I, I, I yep, Money Donnelly on on the old Twitter machine there. I did. I actually I did tweet during UFC the other night a couple of times. So okay. I, I'm using Twitter. I'm using Twitter. I know I got like a nationwide full of followers out there hanging on my every tweet. But there's where you can find me. All right, that's enough of me. Be live. Where can they find you? Well, I, I, they, I won't do it. I won't do it. I was looking forward to I'm it. A, I'm going to save it for 100. Then you can find me. But check this out. You can find me at home here in Fayetteville, North Carolina. I am working from home for Kelly Services. So I'll be by, um, within these four walls a lot. They but have good brisket. It, good brisket. <laughs> uh, that, that is Beers on tap. That is a thing of the past. Stay tuned for my retirement celebration from the restaurant industry. Also, but the most important part is where you can find me when it comes to the Sports Bros podcast. You know all about our social media sites. You can also follow me on um, Twitter. This, no I, this be your boy. Y-A-B-O-Y-B-L-I-V-T. This be your boy. Be live on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm trying to pick up my tweet game as well. Um, but also um, follow us on the um, Sports Bros Pcast on Twitter. And continue to follow us on our Facebook, YouTube. We're definitely trying to crank that out more and more. And also want to say this. Along with the 99th going into the 100th episode, this week we are also celebrating our two-year anniversary. Our first, um, our first episode came out March 12, 2019. So we are right in line with the 100th episode and our two-year anniversary. Thank you all so much for all of the, the listens, the likes, the choices of the voices, man, we are so incredibly grateful and thankful for all of your participation because we've stood by it for two years and for for years to come. We are the sports bros by the fan for the fan. Yes, sir. Woo! I feel like running through a brick wall now. I'm motivated. I'm motivated. <laughs> All right, with that being said, that leaves me, Eddie Cool. That's me, that's me, the HOC, the head of creative here at the Sports Bros Podcast. I'm all over the place. Since we since we pushing Twitter, you can find me on Twitter at the real Eddie Cool. I tweet on there from time to time too. Uh sports uh the sports me app as Sport Bro 19. I'm on there talking about sports and debating, going back and forth and everything. And shout out to them for putting our content on their Instagram feed as well, too. Please go check them out. I'm on Snapchat, super cool 5,000 if you still do that. Instagram, cool season, all one words. And all the aforementioned sports bros, podcasts, social media platforms. Episode 100 is tomorrow, but for right now, we're going to enjoy episode 99. And we got some things. We got some stuff in the kitchen and them pots cooking, rattling, clanking for episode number 100. Any final uh, thoughts and closing words before we get up out of here, fellas, and watch the rest of Monday Night Raw? The great one. That was the episode and your partner. Um, AEW, Revolution, Exploding, Barbed Wire, Deathmatch. <laughs> Do better. <laughs> Do better, yeah. <laughs> 
you're going to have a, a, a wrestling match and call it an exploding match, you might want to have some explosions. And the, con, and the cons got money. So, like, dude, you yeah. shouldn't be cutting costs on explosions. Just we need stuff blowing up. I mean, I'm trying to I'm, 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 I'm thinking I need to think I'm watching FMW, Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling. From back in like the nineties, when they just when that's all they had was just exploding matches. So if you're into that kind of stuff, yeah, check it out. FMW wrestling, exploding barbed wires, light tubes, everything, so forth and so such. But we about to get the hell up out of here. And in closing, do something nice for yourself, and if you can, do something nice for someone else. They'll greatly appreciate it now more than ever. Be a blessing and not a burden. And if you're in Texas. In Mississippi, do what you want to, but just be safe when you do it. Cover up. It's been another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. Be live. I get a yes, sir. Do I get one? Do I get one? Yes, sir. Yes. <laughs> hey, see you next week. Episode 100. Take care. <laughs>